This is the Scratching and Surviving Podcast, where we together will learn what it takes to achieve extraordinary results. And I am your host, Aries Webb Williams. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Scratching and Surviving Podcast, where I'm your host, Aries Webb-Williams. Today, I have a special guest. Today, I have Belisa Burrell. She is the founder and president of Narrative Evolution. She is also the executive director of Colorcom Dallas, and I'm, we're going to get into all what all that stuff is and what it means very shortly. Um, it's going to be a very informative conversation Belisa and I, we met uh, a while ago through our social networks and our professional networks mixed together um, in the Dallas area. We're kind of a close-knit community, and we, we are going to run into each other at some point if you're trying to do anything around this area. So I'm going to let Belisa tell us about her, uh, about narrative evolution and what exactly it is, and we'll just start trying to get into the conversation about what it means to be a skilled content creator for yourself as well as uh, working with other women of color, people of color uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Welcome to the show, Valisa. Thank you, Aries. I am so excited to chat with you um, and then to also uh, have the ear of your audience. Yes, I'm glad that they are able to learn more about you as well. So tell us exactly what is Narrative Evolution? How do we get there? And what exactly you do? How long is this podcast now? You, <laughs> said, you might have to cut me off. I right, have a right. long version and a short version. I'll give you the short version. Okay. <laughs> so um, I spent all of 2016 looking for a new job. And I this was my second go around with having a change in leadership where I was working. I My background is in hospitality and tourism. And at the time I was uh, in transportation and the first few years had gone really well and then management shifted and then it wasn't so great. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm still the same person. I still have the same skills, still have the same smarts, um, but things just aren't going the way that I expect. You know, I've gone down the path that I thought that I was supposed to college career retirement college kid, like it's, it's drilled into you as a kid, right? Yep. This is your life. Uh, I even had a dog and everything. Um, but I just, I wasn't happy. And I was looking for external validation, um, about what success looked like. And then I realized I am trying to control something that I can't control. I'm trying to control, um, other people's opinions and you can shape them, but you can't control them. Right. Yes. So I keep looking and I'm looking for a job and I'm getting to the final stages and whether you believe it's fate or God or what have you, I was like, there's a reason I'm not getting where I'm supposed to. It is incredibly frustrating. I'm ready to go and I'm just not happy. Mm-hmm. So started kind of playing with the idea of what it would look like to go into business for myself. I was about a year married. Um, my husband had um, run his own company as a division of his family company. And so I had uh, the ears and brain of someone who has done it for themselves. And so I started thinking, okay, what would it look like? 
I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it helps to have um, somebody that's that's that has some experience at least. Right. Well, he think he's he's a science brain. He's not a communication or communications brain. So he definitely had insight, but he's like, I don't know what that would look like for you. He's very honest, and I appreciate that. Um, so long as Steve, I told you it's a long version and a short version. So I'm gonna get to the point. <laughs> okay. So what happened? Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I ended up getting a job offer toward the end of 2016. The job offer in hand, it was a job that I knew I could do and I would be okay at it. Um, but the entire time that I'd been looking like, for the last six months of that year, I'd been telling friends here and there, like thinking about going out on my own, thinking about going on my own. Cause I was like, if I start telling people I am accountable to it and people were like, Hey, this is what I think you're really good at. This is what I value about your, um, you know, your role as a communicator or, you know, what I see in you. Um, and it got to the point where a, a friend of mine had an opportunity available and she's like, uh, it's a full-time role, but I think you can do it contract. So what do you think about that? So I look at the job, I look at the opportunity and the one that scared me and I had not been scared about doing something in a long time was the opportunity. And the opportunity happened to be to do corporate communications for the WNBA team. Wow. Here that played out in Arlington. So you can't really say no to that. You know? Yeah. You, you got to take that. You're like, guess what? Yeah. We're just going to have to, we got to try it. Like, we're going to figure what it out. happens. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so that was my, my first client. My first year of business um, was their 2017 season. And ever since then, I've just been going forward. Um, I've worked with, large national clients. I've worked with small business. I've worked with individuals and all of it comes together and people who have amazing stories and are very skilled at what they're providing, whether it's a service or, a, you know, a skill or entertainment, what have you. Um, but they can't always slow down to also be their own external advocates. And that's what I get to be for them as an external advocate. Um, so that's the value that I provide for people who are really good at what they do, but aren't always good about talking about themselves. Right. So what, when, when you say corporate communications, does that mean like any public type of things or is it internal? It, like what, it, what it, else does that entail? It could be either one. So it could be external facing, um, working with media, working with community, and that was a little bit of both with the wings. Um, they had three women in the highest positions at the front office. So they had a female CEO, a female CMO, who was my client and, my, and still my friend. Mm -hmm. um, and they also had a VP of basketball operations. So you have uh, you know, a professional sports team. They're doing really well. One of the most recognizable faces in sports and Skylar Diggins, um, and I'm going to forget her married name and hopefully she never <laughs> listens to this. Sorry. Um, um, and then you also had really talented women in the front office. So they wanted someone to be able to talk about what was going on in the front office, the brand that they were building, why women's sports matter, you know, into that line of communication, but also talk about what they're doing to encourage, especially young girls to get involved in sports and for them to be inspired by the team. Um, so that's the external facing. And then you also do, like you said, have the internal facing. So mm -hmm. if you are in a small team or a large team, you still have a need to communicate top down and well, in, in quotations, because it works both ways. Um, and then from the people who are on the front line up to management so that they feel like they're being heard and, you know, issues are being addressed without it being a house on fire situation. Right. So it, it goes all the way around. 
And so with you having that as your main client, I'm assuming that it made it a little bit easier um, to to step out on your own at that time since it was a full time, you know, but were you also pursuing other clients or did you just solely focus on that? So that was, that was my first very big lesson. Mm -hmm. Yes, it did make it easy to go out. Um, I not knowing uh, is always going to get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. So not knowing, okay, I have this really big client. That's great. I also still need to be pursuing business Mm -hmm. because I started off, it was more full-time Then I realized, okay, if this doesn't, you know, continue through the end of the season, I still have to have other work. So I need to shift some of my time resources and that ended up cutting some of the budget, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Um, But now I still have to fulfill those duties and go out and develop other relationships and network and put together proposals. So that was my first lesson in client management is don't put all your eggs in one basket and always be developing relationships. So it was an adjustment when the season was over, but I wasn't completely unprepared because I had the season to to figure it out as I went. Okay, so there's a couple things that that brought up in my mind. <laughs> so a couple things. So first, let me back up a little bit because uh, I was going to ask, like, who taught you what you need to know about business? I know you said your husband, he had more of the business, you know, side of it. But do you feel like it was kind of, a learn thing or did you have any mentors that helped guide you while you were, you know, on your own? Um, I definitely did. So the friend that I mentioned, the previous CMO of the wings, her name is Nicole Smith. Um, and now I got to tell her, I shouted her out Yay. <laughs> to, to have someone tell you, I believe in you and I'm going to put you in a place of opportunity I really couldn't say no. Like it would have been offensive for me to be like, I see you believing in me, but I don't believe in me. So no. (laughs) How many of us have that though? Right? Like that is so many of our story though. I have people, I feel like I, I'm, I, my friends or my people around me believe way more than I do. Like we don't believe our own hype sometimes and we should. Yep. Yep. Yes. So that was a, uh, a very big first lesson that when someone believes in you and wants to give you an opportunity, it's almost offensive to tell them no. Um, you can figure, everything is figure outable. Like everything is figure outable. You might feel a little bit, you know, lack of confidence or uh, I really, I need to put the pedal to the metal once I get in the door, but everything is figure outable. Um, so Nicole definitely, um, she's to this day still someone that I, you know, talk to about what's on my mind and, you know, what, goals I have. Another um, friend uh, is Sarah Madsen Miller, and she's with a company called 1820 Productions. She actually, she and I met when I was at my last full-time job. She did uh, some explainer videos for the company I was working with, and she is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like, just amazing energy, and I'm an energy person. I just, I can't put my finger on it. Some people have good energy. You just know. (laughs) Um, and she's one of the people that I went to and said, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing and was incredibly encouraging. And I don't see her as often nowadays, just because she's booked and busy and winning awards and being recognized for the work that she does. Um, but I know if I needed to pick up the phone, she's someone that I could talk to about, you know, whatever concern that I have or introduction that needs to be made. So that was invaluable in seeing other people believe in you. So take that, um, and and use that to to build yourself up like you're not going to know everything but you know something 
So what was the first thing you did outside of uh, the wings? What? How did you start looking for business? How did you find other business oh, to get involved in? Networking, networking. I So I've been in Dallas for, what year is this? <laughs> Going on 16 years. I came for college. Uh, I stayed here. Um, and From where originally? I, oh, from Houston. So I'm a Texan through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, came for school um, at SMU, uh, go Stangs. Hey. Um, yeah, <laughs> and that was my undergrad. Then I ended up doing graduate school. And I didn't need to do graduate school. I just really like the learning. So mm-hmm. if you don't need to do grad school, kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> just save that bill. Um, Girl, that's a wait, before you even finish, I'm like, that's a whole nother podcast. I really want to talk about continued education because I feel like people just think it's, and I think it was at one point like something that you, you know, you just did it. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not as big, especially looking at that, that student loan bill. I'm like, mm, I could have got we a certification. Can't we talk about the pri- I got, <laughs> look, all I need is a certificate. I don't right. need a degree. Right. I don't need the M, the A, the None M, the or the A. No, at I'm all. I'm right. <laughs> at all. I, like I said, I, I like the theory and the stuff like that. But, you know, in hindsight, I didn't need it. I'm glad that I did because it helped me with my network and, you know, I know if I ever needed to go to any of the professors at UT Arlington, that's where I went. Again, I could pick up the phone and talk to them. Um, so when I knew that I needed to be exploring other opportunities and bringing on more clients and really honing my services, I looked at the networks that I was already involved in that were in the communications industry. And then I looked at where I wanted to be. So um, one industry that I think is really adjacent to the type of communications that I really like to provide is uh, human resources. So I started going to human resources networking events and I'm, you know, not in the business of putting together your benefits package, but I can help you communicate that. Right. So I was, I was looking at those complimentary organizations, um, looking at things that were outside the usual, let's get crackers, cheese and wine and stand here and, and talk to people that we're probably never going to talk to oh, again. Oh my gosh. Preach. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like Chardonnay that much. So I don't really need your, your four ounce pour. Thank you very much. Listen, I like, I like <laughs> wine. I don't like Chardonnay, but I do like wine, but I don't go. That's not for that. Like to me, right. I'm, and I'm going to ask you some questions about the networking thing. Cause people sure. on here will know I'm like a 100% advocate to the point where people will ask me to coach them, you know, on how to do it properly. Cause I do think there is a way, like I'm not into collecting business cards and I think right. people need to really be strategic when they're networking. Like you just said, you're looking at places that align with what you're trying to do. Like, I'm not going to just go to, Oh, they're having a network event over here. Why, why do I need to go? Like, I need to understand what's the point. You're yeah. And if you got to pay, especially if you have to pay to attend, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, the way the budget's set up still to this day. Exactly. <laughs> Look, my budget is actually um, $50 a month, which I still think is kind of high. That's just for special occasions, but not mm-hmm. like I really only spend probably $25 a month on networking. Yeah, because well, yeah. and one of them is an organization I'm a part of the nonprofit. So I pay, you know, to register yeah. to, for the yeah, event. That's an but investment on that. yeah. yeah, that's 20 bucks or $15 at least. So what was it that made you know, you know, other than you were kind of focused on that one client and realizing, you know what, I need to expand my network. What was it that kind of triggered you that you need to do that? And what did you do in order to expand your network? 
Well, I knew that there was a lot that I didn't know, and I had to constantly be learning. And one of the ways that I could learn was from the people around me who were successful that they were doing. And one thing that I think may scare some people about going into business on their own is, um, you know, asking for help. But what I found is that when the more that I networked and the more that I asked questions out of curiosity about learning about people in general and then specifically about learning about what their processes are, how they, you know, built their network, things like that, people want to help you. People want to share. Um, you just have to ask because people won't know that you need help or that you're receptive to their point of view and their um, teaching if you don't ask for the help. That is so true. So true. I think that's where, for me, when I got laid off, I was trying to use the old school methods at one point, <laughs> and um, that didn't exist anymore. You know, when you're at a job for a long time, it's almost like being in a relationship for a long time, then you get back out there, and you're like, okay, <laughs> this ain't the same dating what scene is, that I was what in. Is, sure. What is that swiping? I just want to go and meet right. somebody at the bookstore. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, this is not the same dating I was in five years ago. Uh, so you learn that, okay, submitting a resume is not enough. I need to know someone, you know, old folks try to tell us, you know, it's not about what you know, it's who, who, you know, we just didn't really want to listen to that. And it's about who knows your you. skills, mm -hmm. who knows your skills, like who can be an advocate on your behalf and knows enough about what you're strong in and what you're looking to provide its value for potential clients so that when they're in conversations with their network, they can think, oh, I know the perfect person you need to meet. You know, her name is Aries. This is, you know, her capabilities. You know, you already got a bomb website. So they know the website, www. And then they right. can put in front of the right people, but they can't do that if they don't know what it is that you need. So you, you create almost a script for yourself and it's dynamic. It's, it's not static because you're not always going to have the same needs. Um, of, you know, this is where I am, you know, what I'm looking to learn, who I might be looking to connect with, and people, you know, are looking out to help you. It has to be concrete, of course. It can't always become what you hand out. Exactly. And see, so my theory is, and I, this is, I use the same, look, the same script every time I talk about networking is, you know, you have to have a reason for why you're networking. What's your, what's your why, right? Like, why are you doing this? What do you need? What is it that you're trying to do? You're building your network. Maybe you're saying, you know what, my, my network is kind of weak. I need to have the better people around me that can actually, you know, contribute, add value to me. I can add value to them. And, you know, it's a win-win type of situation. Also, you know, like you just said, evaluating wh where you're at. <laughs> like, you really need to see who do I have that I might actually have people in my network that can do that for me, right? That can be maybe sponsors for me and speak for me. Like I was telling you before about my other job where one of my former directors called me back because he knew about my skills from previous, you know, right? So you may have people already in your network. You just haven't really tapped into it. And then you have to like reach out. You gotta, you gotta be out there. You have to be seen. So somebody has to see it, which I love LinkedIn for that purpose because you can share a lot about what you're doing outside of your resume in a professional setting. Um, and then yeah. as you go meet people at different events, like you said, um, you know, you can start growing that, that those relationships and, um, 
you know, sharing what you, what your needs are and what you can give, right? Like you said, giving yeah. is the best part. I, that's all I do. Like when I don't really need anything, like right now I'm not really in a needing space. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving. I just keep giving. I just give, 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 give. Because I feel like, you know, hey, there might be a day where I will need and then I can Absolutely. call someone. <laughs> you, you build a reserve of goodwill. And again, this might be the, the hippie yogi inside of me coming out and I'm fully fine with that. There is it like it it expands your soul to give without the expectation of now I receive right now right. it's my turn yep. but to say you know how can I help you and and not oh I'm trying to figure it out for myself but to say how can I help you and sometimes you know people won't have an answer or they'll come back to you and say you know what you asked me that question and I didn't really know it then but this is a need that I have now and to openly give realizing this is Dallas forward. There is more than enough to eat out here. Yes. Everybody, everybody can, can make, get to the money, get the bag, whatever phrase the cool kids are using nowadays. Right. Um, <laughs> I have a birthday coming up. We're not going to talk about what number it is. It's suffice it to say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not that hip no more, but I, I could probably, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm about to turn 40 in April. So yes, girl. And I'm, it's like, I'm ready, but, I realize that I am definitely getting older by some of the things I say. I'm like, yeah, you're old. Or the things that you're like, that just doesn't resonate with me anymore. Yeah, I, you're like, nah. mm, not feeling it. <laughs> nah. Exactly. Nah. But yeah, you're right. You yeah. are. So the, right. the act of giving is, is a gift to yourself to say, I am not expecting to get anything out of this. I want to make this person's day. I want to help them win. I want to help them get further. Um, and if they are a, you know, good and decent person they'll be looking out for you yeah and you're gonna get back because it just feels good yeah it feels good so even if you don't get something like tangible it feels good to be a part of someone else's success saying oh I was there you know when they first started out or I was able to lend a hand here that feels good I don't know at least to me it does I'm I'm with you 100% on that one yeah. So you were saying that you, when you networked, you, you realized you needed to find some partners, some people who are in similar industries that you can also reach out to as potential clients. And how's that going so far? Cause you're like, you should be like what year two now. Yeah. Oh, well this is, yeah. So 17, 18, this is third year, third year third going year. in. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's going well. And I, the thing that I, I'm, leaning into this year, not no Sheryl Sandberg, but, um, you know, that against her, but I'm not intending to keep it that way. The thing that I'm leaning into this year is to listen more to my gut and to, um, be okay with like, not always feeling the need to be on. It doesn't help that I'm a pretty, or does in some ways, I'm a pretty private person. Um, so I'm not, out there lauding the successes. I'm not, you know, lamenting the challenges. I just keep wanting to put a foot forward. Um, and when sometimes it feels like I'm like churning through mud, I have to be kind to myself, remind myself that's still progress. Don't look to external validation when it's you that you have to wake up with inside your head every day. It's you that you have to push for what success looks like for you. And if you look 
to others for how well am I doing today, you're constantly going to be chasing a moving marker. So I can only please myself in terms of what are my goals. I can only please myself in terms of um, what success looks like. But I also have to be kind and say, it's okay to, you know, take a day where it's like, yeah, I need to be in yoga or I need to be in nature. And it's a day, it's okay to take a day where like, you know, I don't really have an answer right now. I can go and look for the answer because you can't quit, but it's okay not to have the answer. So I didn't have any New Year's resolutions. And for a minute, I kind of did get down on myself like, man, I should be really, you know, like, oh, my New Year's resolutions. I was like, you know what? You You just don't have them. You're going to make yourself anxious and upset trying to force yourself into a place that you're just not. So how about you just sit down, spend some time with your family. Um, and I have a stepdaughter uh, who's 10, a niece who is six, and a nephew who's four. And if you need to be inspired, go be some, go be around some kids Listen. who have free time. Because they will talk to you about any and everything that things that don't make sense. But she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go down this road with you and not try to process things so heavily, but just have fun. And so that's what I did over the holidays. Have fun. I was with my family and I came back and I was like, I feel better because I didn't think about what the issue was or even say that it was an issue. I just had fun and that helped a lot. So. Fun Being is kind. where it's at. Because you guess what? When you look back on your life, you're not going to be thinking about these issues. You're going to think about the time you missed spending with people who you really love, you know, or the great times you guys had, right? You're either going to regret not spending enough or really have some great memories to fall back on. Yeah. And it was the cutest thing my, uh, my niece, she was like, so I understand you're a teacher because she knows more about yoga for me than writing. And I was like, I am a teacher and I'm also a writer. And she's kind of like considered that like this can be a job because her mom's a teacher. And I was like, I don't need to make this more intense. I don't need to tell you. I work with clients. Like, I just want you to think about what that means to your young brain mm-hmm. so that I can see myself through your eyes and be inspired. Yes, that is so good. I love when my kids, because they, they are now in a point where they can ask me a little bit more questions about what I do in life. <laughs> They're like, you're going to talk to these people because I'll use them as my audience. Like if I have to go speak somewhere, I'm like, okay, act like you're my audience. This is the stuff I'm going to be talking about. And they'll be like, what's networking? And what's, you know, they, they're always raising their hands, asking me questions about the subject matter. And it's just fun because it teaches you to start like being able to communicate in a, in a regular way without all the jargon. <laughs> you right. know, we if got I a lot of jargon to a child. Then you don't need to be talking about it. Do I really it. need to be offering <laughs> this as a service or trying to hype it up? I can't even explain it to a kid. Exactly. So speaking of that, um, with your communication, the re- one of the main reasons when I, So like I said, I met you, I saw you at the event at UTD. So obviously going out, we're, we're going to educate ourselves. It was a, the women's leadership, uh, summit that they had with Courtney Caldwell, shout out to her and Ty. They were my first interview on the podcast and, um, I know I love them. They're the cutest and she's just always fly. I always tell her, I said, I don't know what you're doing, but like, can I just, I don't know. I was like, I feel so lower below my standards when I step next to you because she just be on point like her hair makeup yeah you know I'm like you just like a a black Barbie doll (laughs) exactly (laughs) 
Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, so um, we met there, you know, obviously trying to learn and, and be better. But um, you are the executive director of uh, ColorCom Dallas. So t- I saw some things from some friends of mine who are in communications and public relations, just kind of posting on LinkedIn and, and Instagram and things like that. So tell me and our audience about what ColorCom is and what exactly you all are doing. Sure. So ColorCom, we're in our second year of programming and it really was like the perfect timing because I started my business in January of 16 and then ColorCom came on board launching the Dallas chapter that summer. And I'd been aware of ColorCom and their annual conference uh, for a few years. And at the time they were mostly coastal. So DC, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, um, Atlanta, and I think Chicago. So there wasn't much interest in launching a Texas chapter. And in my head, I'm thinking like Dallas is kind of where it is. Right. We are connected. We want to meet up with other people who are like us, like yeah, she'll launch a chapter and it, it wasn't in the plan. So I was like, fine, that's cool. I'll just do something a little bit smaller to bring people that I know together. Are these all just people who are in the, in media or what kind yeah, of communications? Okay. We, we narrowed it down to African-American women. So it's me and another woman who I consider a friend, mentor, sister, kindred spirit, Bernadette Davis. Um, so we're like, well, let's get our networks together. We'll just, you know, we'll have like cocktails or something. It won't be like a heavy thing, but you know, like we want to network. Um, and that's actually how I met my first client. So networking matters. Yes, it does. <laughs> So then when the team decided, the national team decided to launch the Dallas chapter, um, they were looking for leadership. And I think I'd put in like, oh, I might be interested in programming. I had a conversation with the national operations person, Gwen, who is a gem. Shout out to Gwen. But she said, well, what do you think about being the executive director? And a part of me wanted to tell her, do you have the right phone number? (laughs) Because I'm six months into business. I'm, you know, like a, not a big name in Dallas. It's just, I'm me. But I was like, you know, again, when someone tells you, we think you're capable, how are you going to tell them no? Yep. I'll figure it out. So um, as the executive director, I have the fortune um, and the challenge of um, stewarding what the community um, looks like and what kind of content it produces here in the region. And I have uh, eight other ladies who are also part of the leadership team. Um, and they're amazing and dynamic. They are in corporate, um, they are in agency, they are, you know, they're living their lives. They have families, they have friends, they have the work that they're being paid for. And then they have the additional, you know, volunteer leadership of ColorCom. So I am definitely appreciative of the time that they dedicate to put on 10 events a year. We were responsible for 10 events a year. Okay. Um, and I think what's been great about the second season that started back in um, September is people are starting to get an idea of, oh, this is what ColorCom is. It's a national, international organization for women of color and communications. So you could be in media, you could be in journalism, you could be in digital. It doesn't matter if your industry and your role touches on communications. um, More often than not, you're probably going to be the only woman of color in the room. Maybe there's one other. Mm -hmm. And there are unique challenges to moving up a corporate ladder 
or, you know, positioning yourself as, you know, a, an expert in your field that are unique to being a woman and of color. You know, there's, there's an overlap there. You have challenges, yes, as a woman, but it's a little bit different. And I think any woman of color would tell you that. When Look, I'm over here across. like, my hands yeah. are up like I'm at church. Just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so we want, it, it's twofold. It's, I can come here and be myself and talk about the challenges that I'm having and have other people give that church nod like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can also come here and meet someone who could be my entree to my next opportunity, whether I'm going out to my own business or I want to do a side hustle of consulting, or there's an agency or company that I really wanted to get involved with, um, either as a paying role or a volunteer opportunity. And now I've connected with this person. Um, and it's, it's been amazing. Like I couldn't have asked for a better network to get connected with both um, as a um, ambassador here in Dallas, and then also just to be connected overall. And last summer I went to the fifth annual ColorCom conference, which was in Hawaii. Um, When I tell you, I don't know if I'll ever go back to Hawaii because the prices, (laughs) the journey to get there, it was such an amazing experience. Like I can't. Was it, it was more so, so like the, was it the beauty or, well, I'm saying it probably was that too, but like yeah. the camaraderie too, like everybody there. It was, it was a camaraderie. It was the, the, the black and brown girl magic. When I tell mm-hmm. you for a women's conference, people come to stunt. I was like, Oh, y'all are real cute. <laughs> oh. And then you meet them, you have a conversation with them. You're like, okay, you're with Toyota North America. You're with, Coca-Cola, you're with, you know, like these huge brands have, you know, um, Soledad O'Brien was there, um, Sophia Amorosa was there, a girl boss, like, you know, just legit. Okay, yeah. And they were accessible because it's not a huge conference. Um, not like a multi-thousand where you're, you know, one of, you know, many, 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 but I can see you at breakfast. So it, it was really inspiring and reminded me this is why I got involved and this is why we give our time so that we are around and can learn from women who have built, you know, brands for, uh, for themselves, um, but also external brands. Um, and it was amazing. And I'll be in Miami uh, this year, later this year. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and you're going to have uh, Ann Curry yeah. there. Um Miss Ann Curry. I just want a photo. Oh, I did get a photo with uh, Bazama when I was in Hawaii. She's much taller than I am, and she's beautiful. And I was just like, I just want one picture. She was like, okay. And I was like, okay, bye. I'm good. Bye. And that's that the thing I was going to say. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, some of the intersectionality earlier, which I've been really, really feeling a lot of lately and I don't know if it's coming with age you know you're more aware of the world (laughs) and sometimes you get that layer pulled back and you're like hmm okay I see things a lot different than I used to why do you feel like you know representation is important uh in your industry because you know I'm more so in the tech industry and that's a whole nother you know the whole nother beast really right. when it comes to women another episode <laughs> yep another episode so what do you how do you feel like um why do you feel represent representation is important in the communications industry 
I mean, it's in the news cycle almost every day, the missteps that companies make. And it's because you don't have either, it's a couple situations. I think either you don't have a person in the room to say, hey, not a good idea. Or if you do have that person in the room, they are not um, empowered to speak up. Yeah, empowered. That's exactly what I'm looking for. They're not empowered with the opportunity to say, hey, this is possibly going to be an unpopular opinion, but I see some issues here that we should address before this leaves this room because name is on the line and what line you don't want your company's name to be on is Mm TMZ.com because TMZ will put your stuff all over the internet and you're going to be embarrassed. So man, have we not seen that recently with some of this stuff that has happened? These Um, these fashion houses, Gucci, uh, remember Dove had their, yes, (laughs) It was so many things. There's so many opportunities to not embarrass your company. Like there's so many opportunities to not be tone deaf. And it's, it's one of the things it's disappointing, but it's not surprising. Yeah. I was going to say, it's just like how, you know, when we talk, you mentioned this before about like gender versus, you know, you got, if you have a woman in the room, you know, you got a room full of men that are handling something that maybe it's a product that's for women. Right. (laughs) that's kind of crazy to not have a woman in the room. Same thing with this other stuff. You should have someone to represent, you know, different facets. That's why diversity is important and inclusion is important so that people feel comfortable speaking up, you know, at those times. And and to, to tackle something that has been a way that I've had to change my thinking recently, I think DNI has become like, it's like a smashing together of words and people don't really take it apart to understand what it means. Diversity is not just one woman, a white woman, and then we're done here. Diversity is not just a black woman and we're done here, but it's, it's so much more than I think most people are willing to invest to expand their thinking beyond. Um, and you really need envelope um, pushers to say, yeah, we're not just going to bring one Latina and one black man in here and say that we have conquered diversity Check. because there's also an I in here that is much more, um, it requires more sensitivity. It requires more um, effort, dedicated focus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. more you, effort. You, exactly. Um, and I think that until companies really look almost at the soul of who they are and say, you know, are we okay doing it half-assed? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can curse on here, but there it is. Um, <laughs> you're going to continue to stumble until you say, we are going to, we recognize we're not always going to be perfect, but we're going to continuously make a, a, a choice to learn. I feel like I inclusion, you know, it's more about intention, right? And, you being intentional and saying, we understand that this is a problem. We are committed, like you said, to take whatever steps we need to take in order to, I mean, just look at the world. The world is, it's so, (laughs) we got so much going on. You can't possibly think that these one set of opinions is, is what's going to work. It's just not like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I'm all about it now. I want to kind of get back a little bit to your um, solopreneur life and 
I read an article that you wrote when you first, you know, had your one year and I thought it was really cute because you're like, um, I feel like I shouldn't be writing this. It's only been a year. (laughs) (laughs) You talked about, you know, knowing why you're in the game and protecting your resources and being a student. Those were your your top three lessons Mm -hmm. learned, you know, after your first year. So now we're at year three. Any new lessons on stepping out on your own? First of all, I want to thank you for reminding me that I wrote that because <laughs> I had not revisited that since I had posted it. And so going back and reading that, I was like, huh, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't go back and reread my own writing as much as I probably should. I'm the same was, way with a... the podcast. I don't listen yeah. to episodes. Yeah, you can... <laughs> I'm funny. I like out me. There. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but also I, I just nodding along, like, yeah, I see how all of that still is impacting me today in terms of being resourceful, um, strategic about where you spend your resources of time and money, um, being a student. And I think, um, you know, what I spoke about earlier about you spending the time with my stepdaughter and niece and nephew, that's me being a student of how do I stop? thinking that I have to write that, have to have the right answer and just in, and probably more inside my head than outside my head. Kids can do it outside their head. And as an adult, you probably want to do it inside, but just like throw things at the wall to make things up to say, you know what? It could be this. It could, maybe, I don't know. You know, that's what kids do. And it's hilarious. And we encourage it. And then we become adults like, no, it can only be this or that the end. And it could be a bunch of things. So I think that was my remain a student moment from the, you know, the last couple months. Like you said, though, when you when you talk about like being a kid, um, I feel like as I'm getting older, I'm I'm up here trying to go back to that. Right. Like you're 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 fighting to go back to the innocence of your childhood and how imaginative you were. And I remember as a little girl at about seven like maybe eight years old me and my sister she's five and a half years older than me but we would be in the room acting like we had a talk show where I would be interviewing her okay Sally Jesse okay I was like so and we would record it on a tape recorder (laughs) I wish I could Mm -hmm. find those tapes I'm like clearly there was something in me (laughs) if you do find the tapes please put them on the internet oh my god if I ever did I would just like cry and sob probably in a corner and just be so excited (laughs) Um, but yeah, like I remember just, we would act like we had our own talk show, you know, and we would make up fake guests and we would do different voices, like everything, the whole nine, but all that playing around, you know, it encouraged our creativity and imagination, you know, all that stuff. And now look at me, I'm over here interviewing people on a podcast who would have known that that was ever going to happen even a year ago, you know? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. these are things that we should tap back into and and you know using our day-to-day life now I mean if you go back now and look at some of your stuff from maybe some of your writing in high school Mm -hmm. you know or something like that it will you will see who you are today in that writing absolutely you know you're like wow I was smart back then like look at you writing more than I gave myself credit for yep yep didn't even know so I mean these are lessons that I think should be like a day-to-day, you know, part of process, obviously within you having business, you're going to learn some, a bunch of, a bunch of things, but I feel like what we are is really already in us, you know, we're just kind of finding our whole life. (laughs) I I think it's, it's almost like you're, 
and in fact, it feels like this some days, like you have a, a, a rock and a knife and you're just, just straight old school sharpening the knife against the rock. Um, but to answer your question, it hit me, the, the couple of things that I think going into year three, um, about halfway through last year, I got the Headspace app. Um, oh, I love because, that. Again, I'm a little bit of a crunchy yogi nerd on the inside. And I was like, you know what? What is this meditation thing about? I can do yoga all day and it definitely helps recalibrate me. But like meditation. Okay, let's let's figure this out. I'm curious. We talked about curiosity. So I got the Headspace app and it's actually, it was my friend, um, Jana, shout out to Jana. She is a bar teacher um, as well as a professional. So we share the the kind of dual roles, building a brand. She's amazing. And she has great abs. I know she'll appreciate me saying that. That burned me up. She she humbles me. But she, she posts daily about her daily meditation on the Headspace app. So that's what inspired me to download it. So I was like, okay, I can give five minutes. And I would start in the morning. I would wake up. The first thing I would do is have a, like half a glass of water. I would go and I would sit in a chair in my living room. I would journal for maybe five minutes because I can't write a lot, a lot, just off the top of the dome. I'll never be a freestyler, clearly. <laughs> my rap career is already over. But um, <laughs> And then I would, I would meditate for five, ten minutes. And it became, the more I did it, the more I kind of dropped into the the process and it, it always was the same it would give you like a couple minutes of conversation about whatever topic kindness compassion patience and then it would drop into the meditation practice and it was always the same and it became so easy to do that I realized I need to be doing this every day and then I got off track so this year I will be getting back to my morning meditation because I feel the difference. That's a big deal because I think it was about, I'm not, I'm not good with years, but I feel like it was the beginning of 2016 or 17. I don't remember, but I decided that I was going to start, you know, my day um, praying and I hadn't quite figured out meditation was a, you know, the meditation thing quite yet, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have open my Bible app. They have these little devotionals. That'll be my, you know, I'll take that time in the morning just to have my mind on the right page before I even get out of bed. This is mm-hmm. going to be my thing. What I discovered there uh, through those devotionals, some of them they're sponsored by different people. It could be a pastor. It might be, you know, whatever organization they'll submit them, I guess. And they do it. So one was an audio type of devotional and every day it was like a prayer and a, you know, a, a meditation type of thing. So there's an app called Abide, you know, because, you know, some of us Christians will be like, y'all over there meditating and doing yoga, you know, and I, I do both. <laughs> so, right. but so people who feel uncomfortable, you know, you can start with Abide. Abide is a good app as well. Very similar to Headspace because I I do both actually. So okay. my best friend got me on, on Headspace because somebody got her on Headspace. You know how word, word of mouth goes. Yeah. Um, abide though. I really like it. You know, it gives you kind of a, it's like a small little lesson and then it'll have a prayer in there and it gives you time to kind of think about what you just heard and come back and stuff like that. So, um, that one in Headspace are two things I think is very important because, you know, we, we are more and more inundated with things on a daily basis, uh, these, 
these apps and and all that just take over our brains. So I'm all about taking that time to separate yourself, you know, and just get your mind clear to start your day. So I know that is definitely one that is worth getting back into. I'm a yogi myself yes. at times. I go to yoga. Um, I do Bikram. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah Bikram's intense. It's intense. And so intense. Uh, I'm getting back into my practice right now. So it's it's been a struggle fest because when you fall <laughs> off and try to get back, you're like, ugh. You, you know, I, I, I've learned with time to not guilt myself because so I teach – six classes a week between two studios. One is Black Swan. Um, it's donation-based, and they have a multicultural teaching staff, which has really um, been a boon for me. I just, I, I enjoy being around other teachers of color. And then, so that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the evenings. And then I also teach at Grit Fitness um, in the Addison location. And I have been, okay, you want to talk about somebody that's like, inspirational in terms of my goodness, how do you do it? But I'm glad that you did because it's great to watch. Um, the woman who started Grit Fitness, her name is Brit, Brittany Reddick. And I remember when she first opened her first location over in East Dallas, so down the street and around the corner from where I lived. And I was like, this is a, like a cool concept. She's about my age. She started a gym. You know, she's really passionate about fitness. She saw a gap. She was able to clearly explain what the gap is and, you know, determine how she wanted to meet it. And she has built a following that has now, you know, allowed her to open up three studios. And not only that, but like she gives of her time. She is someone that wants to share her knowledge and her faith, which is really important to her, um, and just accessible. So those two communities fill me up in, in a different way because I know I can go there and get out of my head both, you know, whether it's a spin class or, you know, weight class or cardio and I hate cardio, but I'm working on it <laughs> or just talk to other teachers who are like me and balancing, you know, a business as well as their passion for teaching. Um, and then I get to connect and give the gift of wellness to other people. So why wouldn't I do that? Like I joke, I'm like, y'all pay me to be here. I'd love doing this. Right. I appreciate being paid, but like, I love being able to do this That's what it's because about. I I see the happiness on people's face along with the sweat when they get out of class and they're like, you know what? I really, I really needed that. And all I'm doing is just asking you to move your hands and feet, basically. Like, that's it. That's it. It's just, it's so simple and we make it far more complicated than it needs to be. So I just started to forgive myself because I teach and I forget to take. And then when I get to the mat, I'm like, oh yeah, this is why you do this because you remember how it feels for you. You should do this more often. Because it's a time that you get away, you know, and, and really focus on yourself without guilt, right? When you're in there, it's like, I need to be focused in order for this to go well. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I can't be worried about what's going on outside. And, you know, with Bikram, that's 90 whole minutes of if I don't pay attention, I'm going to fall on my face um, <laughs> or pass out. <laughs> right. One like, or the other. Drink some water. Go <laughs> right. Drink some water. Water. Exactly. That's really cool. I think all that, you know, I just did an episode about self-care and and really taking whatever you need to do, if it's yoga or a walk around the corner to to take care of yourself and how important yeah. it, it really is. So what else do you have going on? What's on your agenda? What's what's some new things that we could 
um, either promote for you or, you know, let, let our audience know what's going on around Dallas. I know Colorcom has some stuff going on, but what about, what about narrative evolution? Sure. Um, I'm continuing to work with clients who are looking for, you know, the value of working with someone who is fully a partner in what they um, bring to the table, what they bring to their clients, what they um, are offering the universe to, again, be the yogi. Um, so that looks like content creation, um, whether that's writing or media relations or marketing materials, website copy, um, but mostly what I want to help people do and the value that I bring is to um, work with them to, to share their gifts. And that just really inspires me to continue to be the professional that I am when I get to work with other professionals who are really excited about what they get to do. So yes, um, website is www.narrativeevolution.com. Um, and that'll give uh, your listeners an overview of, you know, my story, why I started the company, but more importantly about um, how I can partner with them and work with them um, to elevate their story. Because ultimately it's about the client. I can talk about what I do all day, but I'd rather talk with people about what they do. Love it. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for what the future looks like. I see you on LinkedIn all the time. I'm like, like, <laughs> and <laughs> just observe, you know, cause it's like a whole nother, you know, that's a different space. And, and I'm always just interested watching people post on their, uh, you know, the things that they got going on. So can I add one thing? A yes, piece of advice for this yes. year. Yes, please. Um, I am working with a coach. So that's one thing that I think the first couple of years I was like, okay, I can, you know, connect with other people, you know, go out and not pick people's brains, but, you know, legitimately ask questions about processes and things like that. Um, but I also recognize that there's a limitation to my knowledge and there's a limitation to my network. And so I encourage people that if you are running into a roadblock um, or if you are like, I need more and I need someone that I can pick up the phone and guaranteed I can reach them, find a coach. My coach's name is Leah uh, Niederthal. Um, her program is called Signed. So she helps female entrepreneurs through um, the pitch and, you know, signed process. Um, and I am fully uh, able to say I'm not fantastic at business development. I'm really great at relationships. I'm, I have a challenge when it comes to like closing it. Um, and so the 10 week program and we're um, pretty early on, but I'm already getting things that are making me go back to my website and go back to, you know, the clients that I have signed and like, okay, so where can I incorporate better practices in my processes? So, um, you know, check out Leah, but also if there's someone, cause it's a word of mouth thing, if there's someone that, you know, you know, that has worked with someone else that, you know, is really, um, change them. It's just like picking any other coach, whether it was your fitness or whether it's your business, talk with them, learn about, you know, the successes that they've had, learn about the specialties that they offer and, you know, ultimately decide if that's in your budget and in your timeline for your business, but it's, it's going really well for me. So I appreciate Leah and her program. Yep. I'm all about having mentors, sponsors, and paying people <laughs> to help coach you to your success because, they're dedicated, you know, professionals for your, uh, like you said, you know, not, you don't have to take a bunch of people's time, not knowing what questions to ask, you know, ask and, uh, 
you know, put that pressure on somebody who's not, they got other things they could be doing. Get somebody, pay them to listen to you and help you. Yeah. <laughs> pay them for their time. Um, like I said, I got people who hit me up all the time about just learning how to network. You would think it's something that simple, but it really is a, it's a, it's a, it takes some skill to do it in a right way where you don't look like a scary salesman. <laughs> right. Don't run, don't run people off. Don't run people off. Well, I'm so glad to have had you on the show. It's been a long time coming. Um, I've been, I've been lurking from the, the corners and um, Me too. finally, oh, <laughs> finally got you on here. So yeah, well, thank you so much. And um, like I said, I look forward to hearing more from you. Yes. Thank you, Aries. I really do appreciate your time and the invitation to to share what I've learned in two years now um, and then to also possibly inspire someone. I invite everyone to check out Colorcom Dallas, um, our upcoming events, and then also just to find me on um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, say hi. Um, let me know what you know of this episode really resonated with them. Thank you for listening to the Scratching and Surviving podcast. To connect with me and hear more, please visit scratchingandsurviving.com. Make sure to join the Scratching and Surviving community. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your player of choice. Talk to you next week. Peace.